the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. of Johnson's Wax Products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, aided and abetted by Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, the Benaderet, and yours truly, Hannah Wilcox. The writing is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, the music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. And back with us tonight, after three years in the Navy, Bill Thompson as Wallace Wimple. you who use wax polish regularly know all about how your home grows lovelier with every application. But if you've yet to discover the beauty of wax polishing, you certainly have a most pleasant surprise coming. For example, you'll really be amazed at the shining new beauty of your floors when you first wax polish them with genuine Johnson's Wax. For the very first time, perhaps, you'll appreciate the real beauty of your dining room tabletop because Johnson's Wax brings out its beautiful natural grain and gives it a lovely mellow polish. Your chairs and sideboard and bookcase suddenly gleam with a lustrous, satiny, dry sheen. Ornaments, leather articles, picture frames are richer looking. And when Johnson wax polished, your lovely things are wax protected against wear, dirt, and spilled things. So for a lovelier home that's easier to keep lovely, get Johnson's wax. Paste, liquid, or cream. Mrs. McGee of 79 West for Vista sent her husband to the library for some reference books on raising cinerarias. She might have known he'd come home with two volumes on the history of baseball, one on big game hunting in New Zealand, and three murder mysteries, one of which he is reading now as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. You mean you didn't get me that book on cinerarias, McGee? They didn't have one. The librarian and I spent 45 minutes looking through the list, and it didn't have a single book about cinnamonarians. Cinnamonarians? Yeah, that's what I says. Cinnamonarians. <laughs> she asked me, what are they? And I says, flowers. That was correct. And then she says, how do you spell it? And I seen she had me, so I took these books and scrams. <laughs> you love these murder mysteries. You know, one of these days I'm going to write a murder story, and it'll be autobiographical. What you mean? It'll be entitled... That wasn't the book she wanted, and that wasn't sugar on his Wheaties. <laughs> oh. Well, my gosh, when a guy runs into an ignorant librarian who don't even know a cinemastertium... Is... Cineraria. Yeah. When you run into an ignorama like that... Ignoramus. This was a woman. <laughs> Take the feminine suffix when used as a subjunctive. Ah? Uh-huh. When you run into an ignorama like that, what can you do? Well, now, don't expect me to read those murder stories. They give me the twitches. Ah, but uh, you got to remember it's just fiction. Personally, I'm, I'm used to them. 
Boris Karloff could creep into this room right now, dragging seven dead bodies, and I'd never... Yeah, I... Something, huh? Something just crawled across my foot. Oh, that was just my ball of yarn, dearie. Mm. Rolled off my lap. Oh. <laughs> All that effort for that. <laughs> The reason I jumped was on account of this story is pretty gory. It's by far the best of the three I got. You mean you've read all three of those mysteries since you got home? Certainly. It's a cinch with my system. I just read the first three pages and the last three pages. That tells you who got killed and who done it. That's all you want to know in the first place. <laughs> that stuff in between is a shameful waste of paper then, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I suppose some people read all that padding. They did in this one anyway. There's a loose page right here in the middle that... That what? It ain't a loose page. It's a map. Somebody left a map in here. A map of what? I don't know. It looks like it might be a... Oh, my gosh. Molly. It's a treasure map. Look at... Uh, tear it up, dearie. Huh? Tear it up. With taxes the way they are, we can't afford to find any treasure. <laughs> no kidding. This is real. You see here? It says, due north from old mineral well, 200 paces. Strike line from loose rock in stone wall to foot of old oak. Then there's a big X and it says, treasure buried here. Where? Right here in Wistful Vista. I know exactly where that old mineral well is and the stone wall, too. Oh, but, McGee, who would bury a treasure in Wistful Vista? Hmm? The only pirate who ever operated around here is Alderman McClatchy. Well, there was plenty of stagecoach holdups around here in the old days, kiddo, and plenty of bank robberies, too. Oh, boy. Imagine me walking into the Elks tomorrow and paying my dues with a handful of uncut emeralds. Huh? Just the same, dearie. I don't think... Oh, oh no, no, no. Not a word about this map, baby. This may mean life or death if the word gets out. Compared to me, sweetheart, an oyster is positively gabby. I can close up like a General Motors sales room. <laughs> if anybody knows we're on the trail of a treasure... Come in. Mrs. Carstairs, do come in. Thank you, my dear. Good afternoon, Mr. McGee. Hi, Carstairs. Just the gal I wanted to see. Look, isn't there an old mineral well just west of your property? Yes, but it's really on my property, Mr. McGee, oh. and the well is no longer in use. Run dry, Millicent? Oh, no, but the water was only good to cure rheumatism and arthritis, and neither Mr. Carstairs nor I are troubled that way, so we had it shut up. Oh. Why don't you cut down all your trees, too? Neither of you care for robin's eggs. <laughs> rude, McGee. Oh, that's quite all right, my dear. You see, Mr. Carstairs loves to watch our feathered friends through field glasses. He's president of the Wistful Vista Bird Watchers, and why don't people pull down their shades clubs? Interesting, Harvey. My husband has a very powerful pair of binoculars. Mm -hmm. Last week, he saw a purple-breasted chimney lock, a fan-tailed barn jay, and two new nurses at the lying-in hospital. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been talking about some of the local landmarks, Mrs. Carstairs, like your mineral well and the old stone wall and those big oak trees. Oh, yes. Mr. Carstairs inherited the estate from his great-grandfather, Long John Carstairs, who was a pirate with Captain Kidd. Hot diggity, a pirate, eh? Did he, did he bring home any Spanish gold and stuff, Carstairs, huh? Well, so far as we've been able to ascertain, Mr. McGee, the only things he brought home were a severe case of malaria and a parrot whose language is most disturbing. Swears, does he, Millicent? <laughs> Terribly, my dear. Although we have tried to re-educate him with some success. He now says 15 men on a dead man's chest, yo-ho-ho, and a bottle of Pepsi-Cola. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear, they say parrots do live to be hundreds of years old, Karsty. Yes, I'm inclined to think so myself, Mr. McGee. This parrot is always saying things in Italian, like, if I may make a suggestion, Chris, why don't you call it America? 
about the bird you had once, McGee. You mean Sherman? <laughs> yeah, I had a strange bird once, Karsty. Crossed between a stork and a parrot. Yeah. Used to fly around town and holler down people's chimneys. What did you have, folks, a boy or a girl? <laughs> Scared the tar out of a lot of people. Go, yes, I simply must be going. It's been such a cozy little chat. Good day. <laughs> you hear what she said, Molly? Carstairs' great-grandfather was a pirate. Don't that make this treasure map look reasonable? Well, after your stork and her parrot, almost anything would look reasonable, dearie. <laughs> but if the treasure's on her property, doesn't it belong to her? No, sir, the law says... Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. It's all ours, baby. We're rich. Go order yourself a mint coat. Uh, buy yourself some pearls, a diamond necklace. Let's Get... go all the way, dearie. Let's call the market and order a half a pound of butter. Billy Mills and the orchestra and the bells of St. Mary's. A shovel, a flashlight, a shovel, a piece of rope, and a shovel. What else do I need to dig up a buried treasure? A buried treasure, for one thing. <laughs> Don't you worry about that, Tootsie. The treasure will be there, all right. Hey, I know what else I need. A pick. A what? A pick. Two thighs or mandolin. <laughs> Plain, big, old Irish pick that you dig holes with. Maybe I should ought to take a black scarf, too, in case I have to put on a mask. Why should you wear a mask? I don't know, but digging up a buried treasure at midnight seems to call for a black mask somehow. Why do you have to wait till midnight? Oh, my gosh, you want the whole town in on this thing? If anybody sees us digging on Carstairs' property, they'll... Come in. Oh, hello there, Dr. Gamble. Do come right in. Good evening, my dear. And how are you, Rover Boy? <laughs> in the pink, Aerosmith. I managed to stay in perfect health simply by ignoring all your advice. <laughs> oh, he's just talking, Doctor. Uh, you know, the minute he uh, gets a tummy ache, he loosens his belt with one hand and reaches for the phone with the other to call you. Yes, I know. To me, his character is an open book. A cheap edition in a bad binding which should have been suppressed at the time of publication. <laughs> Horse reddish. 
As a judge of character, you bulging bag of bedside baloney, <laughs> you're a total deficit. <laughs> For instance, can you look at me and deny that I will be a wealthy man in a very short time? Now, careful, McGee, am I... My be... dear boy, if you'll forgive my using the phrase, as you are neither mine, nor dear, nor a boy... <laughs> I can take one look at you and say without fear of contradiction that you will be a wealthy man about the same time that I become the premier downstairs of the Monte Carlo Ballet. Okay, Fatso, take a look at that. It's a map of buried treasure, Doctor. Uh-huh. Right here in Wistful Vista. McGee's going to dig it up tonight. And if you open your big fat puss about this to a single soul, Capsule Happy, <laughs> I'll personally knock you so flat you can go home in a mailing tube. I ignore your empty threats of violence, wind tunnel, knowing that you couldn't punch your way through a damp cracker. (laughs) And as for digging up a buried treasure, if you find enough Spanish doubloons to buy yourself a plate of tamales, I'll throw myself under the wheels of a passing roller skate. (laughs) However, good luck with it, tumbleweed. That old septic. He'll look pretty silly when I pay his bill with a rope of pearls. What time is it? Oh, it's early yet, dearie. About 8 o'clock. My gosh, don't the time drag, though. I'm just itching to get busy with that pick and shovel. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe you'd better do the digging while I stand guard with a shotgun. We might get hijacked out of the treasure. You're sweet to do the dangerous work while I have all the fun, dearie. <laughs> but you better do the digging because... Hello, folks. Mind if I come in? Mind if I come in, he says. That's like lightning saying, do you mind if I strike you? (laughs) You are in, Junior. You're very welcome, too, Mr. Wilcox. Thanks, Molly. What's the shoveling stuff for, Mac? If you're planning on digging for fishworms, I can tell you right now, the ground is harder than a landlord's heart. Can you keep a secret, Junie? Pal, I'm as close-mouthed as an Armenian's purse. What cooks? Shall I tell him, dearie? Sure, go ahead. And if you pop off about this thing, son, I'll give you the bus driver's curse. What's the bus driver's curse? May you stand on the windy corner and stand and stand and stand while the sleet drives up your pant legs and your nickels freeze in your hand. (laughs) Ah, that's a fairly vicious thought, sweetheart. Just take a look at this map, Mr. Wilcox. It's a treasure map, and himself here is going to dig it up tonight. You want to go along, Junior? Glad to buy a couple of hours of your time, if you don't mind being paid off in diamonds and rubies. <laughs> no, thanks, Max. As a matter of fact, I'm going on a little treasure hunt tonight myself. What? You are? Yep. Don't say anything about this, yeah. but do you remember when the Limited was held up just outside of town five years ago? Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Well, look, we think we know where the robbers hid the loot, huh? and among it is a hundred containers of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. <laughs> Days. Why should anybody steal that? You can buy it almost any place. Yes, but with the war just starting, these bandits thought glow coat would become hard to get, you see. And housewives would pay almost any price for it. Now, look, Waxy, that's a pretty far-fetched... And it might have happened, too. Imagine how desperate women might have gotten seeing their kitchen linoleum getting worn and faded, making their housework mere drudgery, and their homes look shabby and uncared for. Yeah, but what that gets... They didn't realize they'd still... (laughs) be able to get their Johnson self-polishing glow coats and keep their kitchen sparkling and fresh as always. Yeah, but what's that... Making housework... (laughs) (laughs) Because a glow-coated linoleum is so easy to keep clean, lasts so much longer, and gives that proof of immaculate housekeeping. Yeah. Say, uh, 
Are you sure this treasure map is authentic? Well, McGee thinks it is, Mr. Wilcox. He thinks it's an old pirate map. Well, if you've got time, I could show it to my cousin, Big Peg Leg Wilcox. He used to be a pirate. Gee, really, Junior? On the Spanish main? No, in Pittsburgh. He played third base. <laughs> Let me know if you want him to check it for you. So long now. Please. McGee, uh, did you ever stop to realize that Mr. Wilcox almost always mentions Johnson's glow coat or Johnson's wax? Mentions it? He beats you over the skull with it. That guy's about as subtle as a garlic sandwich. Hey, remind me to wear my basketball shoes tonight. I want to walk pretty quiet. You know where they are, my basketball shoes? You told me to give them away, dearie. Hmm? You said the shoemaker had resold them with truck rubber and you kept walking through puddles and splashing people. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I'll wear my bowling shoes. They got rubber soles. Come in. Oh, for goodness sakes. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hi, Latrivia, old man. I'm glad to see you. Come on in. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, McGee. I was just passing by on my evening constitutional and I thought I'd... Uh, well, what's this? Going to sink a well, McGee? Or uh, going out to dig for buried treasure? <laughs> <laughs> Did I uh, say something wrong? No, you just hit the nail on the cuticle, Your Honor. You guessed it, so I might as well tell you, Latriv. We are going to dig up some buried treasure. No. Yes. Indeed. Here's the map, Mr. Mayor. See? Well, this is an interesting document. Ever done any treasure hunting before, McGee? Nope. I have. You have, Mrs. McGee? When, Molly? Every time you get through taking a nap on the Davenport. Huh? <laughs> I've dug under the cushions and come up with as much as 64 cents. <laughs> well, give it to me. I, uh... <clears throat> I had an interesting experience with that sort of thing once when I lived in New Orleans. I had a little cat boat and I used to sail through the bayou. Take her with you all the time, Latrivia? Take whom? Your cat. I didn't have a cat. The idea of having a cat boat, then. <laughs> Passenger boats carry passengers. Cattle boats carry cattle. Don't cat boats carry cats? Not necessarily, McGee. A cat boat is merely a small sailboat. Well, just the same. It was a little selfish of you not to take her along with you, Mr. Mayor. Even this may be just a mascot. I tell you, I didn't have any... All right. I had a cat. (laughs) It was her boat. She went with me every place. Now, may I tell my story? <laughs> sure, Latrivia. Don't let us interrupt you. Thank you. Well, one day I left my little home in New Orleans, a Creole colonial house, as I remember it. Uh, what's nice Creole time. colonial, Mr. Mayor? Well, it's a rather graceful variation of the Charleston colonial, Mrs. McGee. Narrow pillars, green shutters, high stoop. Hi, Latrivia. How have you been? <laughs> Fine, and you? Splendid. Nice to have seen you again. Good day. And here are the King's Man singing Hubba Hubba Hubba. It's always fair weather when hep cats get together. And every time they meet, here's the way you'll hear them greet. Hubba Hubba Hubba. Hello, Jack. Hubba Hubba Hubba. I just got back. Hubba Hubba Hubba. Shoot the breeze. Oh, whatever happened to the Japanese? Hubba Hubba Hubba. Ain't you heard? Hubba Hubba Hubba. I got the word. I got it from a guy who's in the know. It's as mighty 
Smokey over Tokyo. A friend of mine in a V-29 dropped another load for luck. As he flew away, he was hurt to say, Hubba, 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 yuck, yuck. Well, I got another mission. It's okay. And with your kind permission, I'll just say, a hubba, 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 on my way. And I'll dig you later in the USA. some skin. You're looking mighty pretty. Curly locks, you're the gravel girdy of the bobby socks. Yakety, 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 you talk big. So you're the fresh tomato I can't dig. Let's have a heart to heart then. You'll decide that I'm a guy really on the solid side. Knock me flat, you're the kind of a cat. Makes me want to blow my top. When I feel this way, I can only say, the hubba, 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 to get going, McGee? Uh, we'll give it another few minutes. Give old man Carstairs time to get good and sound asleep. Say, are you sure this isn't stealing, dearie? Digging up a buried treasure on somebody else's property? Why, certainly it ain't stealing. Buried treasure don't belong to anybody till somebody finds it. And that's me. Now then, have we got everything? Shotgun, rope, shovel, pick, shovel, map, shovel. Who could that be at this late hour? Search me. Come in. Goodness sake. Wallace Wimple. Hello, folks. Welcome. Oh, my, my. It's nice to see you again, Mr. Wimple. It sure is, Wimp. We didn't know when you'd get in or we'd have uh, met you at the station. Oh, my wife, Sweetie Face, was there, Mr. McGee. Oh. And you should have seen our reunion. Pretty emotional, was it? Yes. She really tugged at my heart. Did she really? Yes, but I was lucky. It didn't come loose. <laughs> Incidentally, Wimp, what were you in the Navy? Homesick. Now, uh, he means what was your title or uh, rank or rating or whatever you call it. Well, <laughs> you, know, you know what they call a sad sack in the Army? Sure. Well, in the Navy, I was known as the Droopy Ditty Bag. <laughs> you see... I was a physical instructor. You a physical instructor? Oh, my stars, yes, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> I taught boxing and jujitsu and judo and wrestling and knife fighting and everything. And you know what I'm going to do if Sweetie Face starts picking on me again? What, Wimp? Hide under the porch. <laughs> ah, you poor lad. I don't suppose it was a very happy homecoming, was it, Mr. Wimple? Oh, I don't know, Mrs. McGee. But it was certainly amusing. The minute Sweetie Face saw me, she just grabbed me up in her arms and started waving my legs up and down. Why, oh, what was that for? Then she threw me down very disgusted and said, What do they mean, bell-bottom trousers? They don't make a sound. Uh, well, I don't like to be personal, Mr. Wimple, but uh, don't you ever get tired of such treatment? Isn't the worm, if you'll pardon the expression, ever going to turn? Well... <laughs> Yes, I suppose so, one of these days, Mrs. McGee. But I'm really very fond of Sweetie Face. 
She went for a little ride in the car tonight, and I locked all the windows shut so she wouldn't get cold. My gosh, Wimp, that's a dangerous thing to do. With no ventilation, she might get knocked out with carbon monoxide. <laughs> yes. Good night, Christine. Good night, folks. <laughs> Poor little Mr. Wimple. What a life he leads. I don't know how the Navy's going to get along without him, but I'll bet it wants to. <clears throat> well, we better get going, kiddo. Now, you bring the pick and shovel and the rope and that stuff. I'll carry the flashlight on account of I know the way better. Say, hadn't I better bring the piano, too, in case you get tired and want to lean on something? No, no, I can use a tree. <clears throat> you all set. Let's go. Progress, McGee? <laughs> Not much. Wilcox was right. The terror is really firmer tonight. <laughs> what I ought to do is build a fire and soften the ground up. <laughs> Somebody'd see it, dearie. Hmm? And goodness knows I'm nervous enough about being on Carstairs property like this. Uh, I'll calm her down with a handful of rubies as soon as I get this treasure dug up. <laughs> <laughs> McGee? <laughs> McGee? Huh? I think I hear somebody coming. Yeah, it's probably just some little animal. This ground is frozen so hard the rabbits sound like tap dancers. <laughs> Mr. McGee! Mrs. McGee, may I ask what's going on here? Heavenly days, Millicent! My gosh, Karsty! Will you please explain, if possible, why you are trespassing on my property? Well, uh, well, you see, Millicent, McGee, uh, McGee found a treasure map in the library. Yeah, and, and I was going to split with you when I got the treasure dug up, Karsty. Yeah. Uh, you know, a frail little woman like you wouldn't want to do any actual digging. Let so... me see your map, Mr. McGee. Okay. Turn the flashlight on my face, Molly. No, she needs the treasure map. <laughs> Here, Karsty. You see? It says, due north from old mineral well. I know very well what it says, Mr. McGee. Huh? I made this map myself several months ago and mislaid it. It was to help me remember where to put the flowers. Flowers? Ah, but look, it says treasure buried here. Of course. Treasure was the name of my pet turtle. Oh, sure. He ate a firefly last October and died of heartburn. <laughs> What are you looking at, McGee? The audience. Ain't this ridiculous? regret about Johnson's glow coat, said a woman to me the other day. I regret I didn't begin to use it sooner. It really annoys me to think what lovely looking linoleum and other floors I could have had all these years with so little work. Well, now, of course, we're always pleased to get compliments like that about glow coat, and as a matter of fact, we think they're well-deserved. It's really so easy to keep your floors beautiful and protected, too, with Johnson's glow coat. First, because glow coat needs no rubbing or buffing. You simply apply and let dry. Glow coat polishes itself. And second, because spilled things are wiped up in a jiffy from a glow coat protected floor. 
The tough film of glow coat saves the surface underneath from wear, protects it from dirt and moisture. In fact, its regular use adds greatly to the life of your linoleum and other floor surfaces. Ask your dealer for Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. You know what? No, what? I just heard the old-timers getting out of the Navy next week. My goodness. Uh-huh. How did an old man like him stay in the Navy this long? He was the old salt they couldn't shake. Oh. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. Speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. <laughs>